I would have been up here earlier, except Charles was making fun of me. Um, I, this, is, this is show and tell this morning. Um, we're so glad that you have joined us for worship at Central Baptist Church. I, I, I forgot that part of this stuff, too. We're glad you're here. Your presence truly is a blessing to us, and I am grateful to get to be a part of this beautiful family of faith. Um, if you're a visitor with us, uh, it's not always show and tell during the welcome. Sometimes we do other things. Uh, but you'll find visitors' cards in the pew racks in front of you, and we'd invite you to take one of those and fill that out with any information that you'd like to provide, a chance for us to get to know you a little better. Um, if you happen to be a crafty person or maybe a quasi-crafty person and would like to help out with some stuff, uh, in our children's uh, Sunday school, we have some, some boxes that could use some other coverings on them. If you like to Mod Podge, this is a way to get your supply of Mod Podge from, uh, from us, and we can provide it. Maybe you've, uh, you've got some, some photos or some pictures that you'd like to do to decorate these, um, or just to help us out um, with uh, fixing some labels to Bibles. This is a way for us to be uh, family together to help out our children a little bit in our children's Sunday school, uh, a way for all of us to be involved a little more. Uh, yesterday, I was at uh, an upward basketball game uh, where Jake is playing basketball, and uh, obviously not me because we know I'm not good at any sport. I've failed at every sport known to man except for hacky sack, which I was okay at. Um, but uh, in basketball, in the middle of an upward game, there's a devotion, and so during the devotion that was happening, um, uh, a lady walked by who was one of my mom's friends for a long time. Actually, was my mom's dentist. I was friends with, uh, with her son who lived across the street from me when I was a kid. And they just started talking. The joy that came up on their faces as they saw each other and were joking with each other. We heard absolutely none of the devotion. The devotion, like, I don't know what he talked about whenever... There went the Mod Podge. Um, so I don't know what he was talking about during the devotion, but what did happen is that there was joy that was brought because of this beautiful friendship that had been extended over years and years and years. And so um, today we're reminded again as we celebrate Christmastide, as we look toward Epiphany of the light that has come into this world and how God invites each of us to be part of this good light. Uh, to share it with one another, to be part of this incarnational love that God has brought into the world as we share this light and this hope and this peace with those who are here and with those beyond these walls. So let's worship together this morning.
I'll ask you to please join me in our call to worship. <clears throat> Arise, shine. The light we have been waiting for is here. A light has come. A star has come forth. Arise, shine. The glory of the Lord has risen upon us. God's light penetrates the darkness that enters the world. Arise, shine. God is revealing. The, God is revealing the way for us this new year. Lord, make us ready to journey in this light. Please be with me as <clears throat> I lead the invocation. God who gives all things, thank you for this new year. On this first Sunday of 2020, be with us. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our hands as we set to the work of being loving Christians in an indifferent and capricious world. Texting, tweeting, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and you know whatever else in this time of instant and global communication, we still cannot find the words, written or spoken, to comfort the grieving, sustain the dying, minister to the struggling, the depressed and lonely. So many times we do not know how to respond to situations and paralyzed by our good intentions to decipher and understand the big picture, we overlook the little corners of everyday opportunity to behave with kindness and patience, to offer gifts of smiles and loving touches. Teach us to see more clearly, to sense these opportunities, to honor and to serve all that you have created for us. Thus, we come to you asking for 2020 to be our year of opportunity. 
to practice random acts of kindness, patience, listening, sharing, and love that expects nothing in return. We pray for the hearts, the minds, the strength to do what we can. We pray for the wisdom to be patient with and kind to ourselves when we fall short and as we deal with our own physical, mental, and financial stresses and limitations. We greet 2020 hoping for the best, bracing for the worst, but above all nurturing faith in your wisdom and love regardless what comes our way. We will try and fail and try again to do what we can, to give what we can, as you send daily opportunities for acts of kindness and patience our way. And yes, over and over we will practice faith, hope, and love in our own little corners of your infinite creation. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> This morning, I offer this as our prayer for the new year. Let's pray together. Oh God, you are the one who walks with us each day, the God of our yesterdays and our todays, and you are the God of our new beginnings. Although we have put away the decorations of Advent, although it seems like Christmas is a distant memory, the birth of Christ and the message of your light with us is still deep in our hearts and our minds. So we come together this morning, one community standing in the grandness of the days and weeks ahead, looking forward into a year of possibilities, and we carry with us the same hope that has carried us through so many times before. It is a season of resolutions, a time when we look deeply at ourselves and the change we want personally, but we also come to reflect on the change that you would have us to be in the world around us. We offer to you ourselves this morning, O oh God, for our lives in this coming year to share in the work of your redemption, to create a community of belonging, to see the fulfillment of a kingdom of love that permeates into every person. And so we pray that we remember peace and we, we persist in the opposition of violence of all kinds, that we continue to beat our swords into plowshares and to teach our children a better way to live. May we remind the world that violence only destroys and divides while your peace brings newness and unity. 
and we pray that we remember your joy, that we help the world find joy in the ordinary, and we offer comfort in the midst of tragedy. For we are called to be light, and we must still carry the light in the days ahead of us. And we pray that we remember your love, that hate may still be present around us, but it will not prevail. And so we commit ourselves to the everlasting and transformative love that you teach us, to love our neighbors, to love our enemies, and to love ourselves. O oh God, we have celebrated the coming of Christ, the light that Christ has brought. May it light the path before us, and in the days ahead, may it stay burning bright within us all. Amen. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel lesson. John 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son who is close to the father's heart, who has made him known. The gospel of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
Let's pray again, shall we? Dear God, we've seen the star and we've heard of the place where the babe is born. I pray, God, that you will give us the courage to go there and be there and abide there, stay there and live from there and operate from there, but give us the courage not to just be some facade of who we are, some of who we think you want us to be, but we draw on the courage to be who we truly are, knowing that even though, as Brene Brown says, we're hardwired to make mistakes, we're worthy of love and belonging anyway. And we thank you for that message this morning, in this time, this place. Amen. Please be seated. Before the stars unleashed their fires, love spoke to the loneliness. 
unraveling these twinkling strands. Let there be
I celebrate two different dates for New Year's. Now, I recognize this puts me in a precarious situation. Last night, I was thinking, you know, tomorrow the trash is going to come, which is collected on Monday, so I better get it out on the street. And then all of a sudden, I realized this is Saturday night. Tomorrow is church. And perhaps this longer celebration of Christmas and New Year's coming in the middle of the week has elongated our break from work and out of our regular patterns. If you've been in this church for very long, you celebrate two dates for New Year's as well, whether you know it or not. First, there's the date we're all familiar with. The fireworks, the silly paper hats. Yes, I saw your pictures on Facebook. The ball dropping on New Year's at New York's Times Square. Happy New Year! What will this year bring? But then there's another date, the start of the Christian New Year, celebrated about a month ago for those who are faithful followers of Jesus Christ and have been influenced by his tradition in Western civilization. And so if you've ever thought Christians are at least a half a click off, in part this may explain why we are, we follow a different calendar. In that calendar, we begin with Advent, a time of preparation for the birth of Jesus. And then after Jesus' birth, we move to Epiphany, this appearing of God in the world through Christ, as we walk with Christ from now till Easter and Ascension, and then as we seek to continually have his life be a part of our life, this calendar invites us to walk a path with Jesus and allow his schedule to be our schedule. That not only for these faithful Christians is Jesus the reason for the season, but Jesus is the reason for all the other seasons that may come ahead. Now, in one calendar, it's always what everyone else is doing, commanding our attention spans and our commitments. There's a world schedule with media resources and political power struggles and a dizzying onslaught of the perpetual breaking news headlines. I mean, is anyone tired of breaking news yet? And if everything is breaking news, after a while, doesn't it just become news? But we are constantly being pushed through advertising, through media resources, through all the many social networks that evidently uh, Mary Catherine follows. I didn't even know half of the things she was talking about in her prayer. Being pulled out of ourselves, being pulled away from ourselves, being pulled supposedly into this artificial community which offers no community at all, perpetuating this anxiety 
about what's happening in our world and how we need to be concerned. And indeed, there are many important things for us to be concerned about. But do you feel pulled at the seams and stretched to the limits and too thin to deal with the problems of the world and your world? And then there's this, what we might call narrow way or straight way or steady course guided by the Spirit of Christ, not as an escape from the world, but as preparation for it. And it's in this liturgical pace that I remember God's schedule is not the same as the world's. In fact, most of the good that God has done and is doing in the world goes largely unnoticed by the world. Let's just collect our faith story again that we've walked through in this season of preparation for the birth of Jesus. No more than 10 people were clued in at the time of Jesus' birth to his specialness. Mary, Joseph, a few shepherds, and then three wise individuals, kings and in tradition from the east, again, from tradition from Persia, we know that is today the country of Iran. And then after Jesus is born and after he starts this ministry, he only has a few women and 12 named disciples that walk with him every step of the way. And of those disciples, one will deny him, another will betray him. Sure, there are some folks that gather around him, but for most... Jesus was seen as a novelty, maybe a rising star with potential, but can he win the popular vote? And he's a flash in the pan, a person whose time is cut too short. Oh, think of the potential that he could have brought to us if he had lived longer. But Rome got him like they got all charismatic leaders. And even the early church, while we celebrate in the Protestant tradition, this Jerusalem experience of thousands of people in time, that's not sustained. And almost for 300 years, the Christian church exists with these small little pockets surrounded Asia Minor. A group of people often persecuted, living underground and in hiding, following the faithful way, the narrow way, the straight way, the minority way of faithful dedication to Christ. And this pattern has duplicated itself over and over again. I think a fairly strong case can be made that some of the best things that have happened in the history of Christianity have always begun as a minority movement. That just a few people or a single person who makes an incredible insight into the way the world should be and is led by Christ to help change it. So, what are we, faithful followers, to do today? Here at the end of what people are saying, the sunset of Christendom, where Christianity is no longer a popularity movement, where we have to rub two nickels together to make the church budget and where the pews are not always packed to capacity because no one is being told and forced that they have to come 
to church. Oh, you know it. You were dragged by the ear a few of those Sundays as you developed this pattern of making your way faithfully into the pew. And in this context where the world seems to be spinning recklessly out of control, we have to determine our relationship with it. And this is a troubled and scary world. And we have some choices we have to make. How will we respond to a world that seems to be moving into greater and greater conflicts? We're going to bury our heads in the sand, avoid it, not pay attention, go along our merry way. Your privilege most likely will allow you to do that. Those troubles elsewhere, I don't need to worry about it until they become my troubles. Cancer is not a reality unless I have cancer. And the forest fires and the burning of Australia, well, I don't live in Australia. At what point do these concerns become our concerns? We can bury our head in the sand or we can just get angry and filled with frustration and shake our fist. And indeed, there are some things in this world getting, worth getting angry about. But is that where we want to live? Is that where we want to stay? Is that where we want to reside? We have some choices to make. Some decisions about how are we going to move ourselves into the future as individuals and as a faithful Christian community. Challenging all of this is a guide for faithful believers to be careful. To indeed recognize that conflating our religion with secular power structures have often led to some of the most heinous things that have ever occurred in the history of religion. That when we begin to believe, because it's more popular, that our way is God's way, then we find too often that God has very little to do with that bigger, wide, paved highway. 1 Corinthians 6, 2 says, Don't you know that the saints are going to judge the world? And that the long history of those who have lived and have ever lived We'll be looking back on our time and saying, how did you do in a time of slavery or oppression or exploitation? How were you faithful to the light of Christ? How were you unpacking the gifts of forgiveness, compassion, justice? brought by Christ into the world. How are we going to do this? How are we going to survive? How are we going to move ahead? Well, Aaron introduced for us a morning of show and tell. And I brought a show and tell piece with me 
for this morning's sermon and as an introduction for us, an invitation to begin to develop more deeply and more seriously our inner life of faith with Christ. That one of the ways that we are being invited to live true to the light of Christ into a new year and a new decade is a focus on the power of Christ within. The first chapter of the Gospel of John says that God was pleased in the heritage of the faith to tabernacle with us, to pitch God's tent in the midst with us, to be with us, that God is pleased to be enfleshed, fully known in Christ, and fully experienced by those who live more fully into the presence of God on the face of the planet. That God is not merely way out there somewhere, but God is within. God is within the power of faith. God is within the power of Christ. And through faith, we together are living in this reality of God's presence on earth. That God is within you. That God lives in you. And that God can be experienced within your own inner life of faith. That you have an outer world. And you have an inner world. And here's where my... What do we call it? Object lesson? Show and tell? So this is where it comes into play. Um, I have gone through many different early year calendars that I have with bright eyes and great enthusiasm said, okay, this is the path for me. But the one I keep returning back to that's been most helpful for me comes from the Episcopalians. Now, for those that have been in this church for a long time, I know you get a little bit nervous when your pastor is influenced by the Episcopalians, but this Episcopalian liturgical appointment calendar I find very helpful. And here, I'll move to uh, week, uh, this is June 1st, 2020, um, is the blank pages of the calendar, which presents a week, and so you see the dates on the, I know this is a little elementary, but like I said, it's show and tell, bear with me. The dates are here on the left, well, my left, your right. Um, and then each day of the week comes across, across the spiral. So you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I find this particular show and tell helpful because on this side of the ledger, I think about my inner world, my inner life of faith. And then on this side of the ledger, I'm able to write schedules down and to-do lists and have an outer world that's balanced by the full week. This is helpful for me simply because it allows me to focus as much on what's happening inside my skin as all those things that are being pushed to my attention in the outer world. That there is an adventure lying deep within you, in your life with God, that few, I dare, have 
fully explored. That there is as much depth and meaning and significance in that inner world experience of faith and hope and meaning and thought as might be found around us. And perhaps one of the great blessings of a world that we're constantly being frustrated with is the challenge of our love addiction with it. At some point, we must begin to realize that the hope of the world in Christ lies within my heart, not within a headline. Archimedes, that great mathematician and scientist of iniquity, said what? You remember? I have it written down so I can. Give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it and I shall move the world. The fulcrum in your life as you try to manage it in the outer pressures and stresses is the leverage of the depth and the root of where you have developed a spiritual maturity. It's where it all comes from. And so, as we look ahead and as we plan for the future, we will be focusing for a while, now till Lent, on spiritual practices. Three minutes every Sunday as we move to this time of thinking about spiritual breathing or focused breathing, about taking a vow of silence, quit nudging the people you live with, because I think part of the vow of silence is being silent from the pressures of all the things seeking our attention. Fasting, confession, and intercession. We'll be thinking about how those spiritual practices impact our lives. Because in this reading of the light coming, we are so accustomed to this phrase in verse 5, the light has come into the world and the darkness cannot overcome it with a triumphalism. Meaning, well, the light's come and we're just waiting for Christ to take care of all this stuff and then finally it'll all be okay. And that's where a lot of Christians are dealing with the pressures of the world. But perhaps the King James Version illustrates best what we may gain from the light coming into the world. It reads, if you'll remember back in your childhood, if you were a part of the King James Bible, the light has come into the world and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Can't make sense of it. Can't figure it out. It's baffled by it. And that in the dualism of John, we're being asked to wrestle with our relationship with the world. And if we're in love too much with the world, we may find ourselves in enmity with God. That as we see some of the things that we hold most dear a road before us, may we remember that the light of Christ has come and the light cannot be overcome by the darkness, nor can the darkness comprehend the light we carry. I mean, the sermon that I'm preaching has already been said to you over and over and over, even by this service with what we sang and what we prayed, that we might take this little light <laughs> that is ours, 
that's an ember growing, somehow burning within. And we may stoke that glow until that light becomes the light we shine and that we share. A light that we offer to the marginalized, that give that have no attention, the light we offer to the poor that are so often forgotten, the light we offer when we do something small that is so incredibly significant and good, the light that we allow to burn bright because we spent a little bit of time of our day or our week focused on how this light of Christ that we have gained might be shared with others. I conclude with a beautiful poem by Maya Angelou. Angelou. It's called Continue. It was written for a friend's birthday. I think it's also a good poem for our new birthday in a new year with Christ. On the day of your birth, the Creator filled countless storehouses and stockings with rich ornaments and luscious tapestries and antique coins of incredible value, jewels worthy of a queen's dowry. They were set aside for your use alone. Armed with faith and hope and without knowing of the wealth which awaited, you broke through the dense walls of poverty and loosed the chains of ignorance which threatened, threatened to cripple you so that you could walk a free person into a world which needed you. My wish for you is that you continue. Continue to be who and how you are. To astonish a mean world with your acts of kindness. Continue to allow humor to lighten the burden of your tender heart. Continue in a society dark with cruelty to let the people hear the grandeur of God in the pills of your laughter. Continue to let your eloquence elevate people to heights they had only imagined. Continue. To remind people that each is as good as the other and that no one is beneath nor above you. Continue to remember your own young years and look with favor upon the lost and the least and the lonely. Continue to put the mantle of your protection around the bodies of the young and defenseless. Continue to take the hand of the despised and diseased and walk proudly with them. In the high street, some might see you and be encouraged to do likewise. Continue to plant a public kiss of concern on the cheek of the sick and the aged and infirmed and count them as a natural action to be expected. Continue to let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer. And let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. Continue to ignore no vision which comes to enlarge your range 
and increase your spirit. Continue to dare to love deeply and risk everything for the good thing. Continue to float happily in the sea of an infinite substance which you set aside riches for you before you had a name. Continue. And by doing so, you and your work will be able to continue eternally. The light of Christ has come into the world. May it continue to shine in you. We conclude our service with a wonderful hymn, How Firm a Foundation. Let us stand it as we seek the foundation of our lives in Christ, the power of God, and in the hope of the future. It is a new year. We need a foundation upon which to build. Let us stand and sing hymn 463.
seated just for a moment as we conclude today. I would invite you to take your bulletin home. There's some very helpful information about housekeeping information uh, for the church, about uh, keeping up to date on what's happening, uh, email updates, directory updates. Uh, there's a lot of helpful things in the bulletin. Uh, if you're not getting our weekly newsletter or those kinds of things, be aware of how to do that, as well as how to watch services when you're not here. Uh, there's, so there's a lot of good information that's of a housekeeping nature that you may want to keep with you. Um, also, I want to invite you on Thursday to be a part of the Baby Boomers. Uh, that group is visiting with me as we talk about my trip this summer to Ireland and the sabbatical and the study of Ulysses um, and those kinds of, of items. And you're welcome to be a part of that group. That will take place at what time Thursday? 11.30, I need to know, I'm supposed to be there, 11.30 on Thursday, and if you are planning to come, there's lunch available, but if you could tell Pat so she could plan for that, that would be appreciated. It's a good start to a good year. Let us hope and pray so. The choir now will lead us in the benediction.